I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job, and now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method, and they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Hello and welcome. I'm excited today to talk with our Director of Operations, Sarah. And today we're going to be discussing some questions that our clients have asked in the program recently related to both operations, which is Sarah's wheelhouse, and business development and strategy. And the reason we want to share these with you is because oftentimes you ask us what's the process like and you don't know exactly what to expect in the journey. So hearing from your colleagues who might be further ahead than you or maybe they've um, you know hit a milestone that you've already hit and it's nice to look back and support your colleagues. Today we're going to be sharing the behind the scenes of what our clients do to hit their goals and really live their best lives as a dietitian so that they can become their own boss. Welcome to today's episode, Sarah. Thanks, Libby. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, happy to have you. And for those that um, haven't heard the news, Sarah is our Director of Operations. So she handles all things operations for Team Dietitian Boss, and she provides coaching in our high-level executive group, which we're going to share more information about soon, so stay tuned. And then she also provides um, coaching... coaching and some uh, modules and content and information for our foundational program, Society. So in today's episode, uh, we want to just break down first an operation-related question and then a business development. So Sarah, can you, for the listeners here who don't know quite what operations means, can you just give a high-level overview and then we'll go right into it? Yeah, I'd love to. And, you know, it's a common question. People, they've heard of operations, but they don't know what it consists of. And so I just tell them it's really kind of the the behind the scenes or the back end of the business. So if you think about um, the processes or the software, um, sometimes the even things that have to do with the people, anything that helps to keep your business running and functioning on a day-to-day basis, your your money and your budget, um, all of that can fall under operations. And why is it so important to have a grip on operations? Yeah, excellent question. If you are not, um, if you don't have a grip on operations and you're not sure what's happening, it is going to be challenging to run and grow your business smoothly at all. You're going to encounter a lot of um, roadblocks along the way because you weren't looking at certain things and it can be uh, challenging to then have them come up as emergencies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So for those of you here who are anxious, just <laughs> practical kind of breakdown of what Sarah's talking about, um, we're going to dive into that right now. So we're going to first kick off with on our weekly calls, because Sarah and I both provide coaching on a regular basis uh, for our programming. We're going to talk about a question that was asked by one of our clients for today. We're not going to share any identifying information. We're just going to say one of our clients had asked about a basic VA task progression right? And so she submitted a question and Sarah was able to coach her. And this client said, how can I better fine tune my VA task progression list to have my VA meet 
his or her competencies, again, to run her business smoothly. This client wants to increase in revenue. Can you break down first like what that means, a task progression list, and then we can talk out the scenario? Yeah, definitely. So once you get to a you know certain level in business, you decide that you need help. There's so much to do in the day-to-day and you need somebody else to help you. And that's oftentimes when you will hire a virtual assistant. And so that's what this particular person has done. They hired a virtual assistant. And I always suggest that people start off with a few tasks. It could be like, you know, managing an inbox, scheduling social media posts, um, helping to format and post a blog, some of those things that happen on a routine basis that you know you could hand off. And so by um, having a progression list, you decide, okay, here's the few things they're going to get started with. And once they're doing an amazing job, you know, what are the next tasks I'm going to hand off? Because uh, if you think about it, anytime you've, you've started with something new, there's a learning curve. And so for both the client and the virtual assistant. And so as you two get comfortable working with each other and they get familiar with the business, if you then do need more help, it just makes sense to look at, okay, what is the next thing that they should be doing? And then, you know, hand those over to them. Absolutely. And in this particular case, uh, can you talk about what this client uh, will what this client was was doing well and what fell short. Yeah. And keep in mind for, for the listeners here, uh, Sarah and I know this client, we know the situation, but some background is that this client is, is working hard at delegating, meaning hiring out and having this virtual assistant do more so that this particular client can uh, do the things she loves and focus on revenue generating tasks. And this is a client in our executive program. And most of the, the people in that program, including this client, want to work fewer hours and increase profitability. And the fastest way to do that without killing yourself is to hire help. And so Sarah and I on a later episode are going to talk more about what that means for different levels. Those of you who are just looking to hire, those of you who already are hiring and are looking to progress and develop some types of systems. But for purposes of this example, can you give some more context about uh, this scenario for our clients? Yeah, I'd love to. So we had actually, maybe this client had talked about this. And so she'd been planning to hire someone. So I had already helped to support her in how she could go about hiring somebody, how to make sure this person was going to be completing the tasks how she wanted. So she had, I don't know, maybe five or six tasks listed and had decided about the um, total hours per month this person would be working. And I had advised her to create SOPs, which are standard operating procedures. Again, this is something you'll usually do once you're further along in business. It's a little more advanced, but basically it's a, you know, step-by-step instructions on how to do something. So she had um, these processes written out and the assistant was working great and and they were doing weekly check-ins. So that's always really important that you're having regular contact with your virtual assistant, making sure that, you know, things are getting done, questions are answered. So things were, were going really great. And she had not given this um, new task list to the VA yet. She wanted to go over it with me and say, hey, like, is this realistic? Do you, about how many hours do you think it'll take? Like, what, what do I need to be planning for in order for this to go smoothly? Since it was working so well, I mean, you know, she wanted to keep it going that way. Um, but what I identified, so two of the things that she was wanted, wanted to delegate 
was um, some writing, writing of newsletters and writing of blog posts. Well, if you had heard um, what I started out mentioning about some tasks VAs can do with things like checking emails, scheduling social media posts, formatting blog posts, those types of tasks are really great to delegate, you know, client communications, drafting, um, even simple social media posts, creating images. But when you get into tasks like writing, that's a, a higher level skill. And that's something that not everybody can do. And so it's a pretty high expectation to have to think that your virtual assistant can take that on. And so you know, what is concerning is when you have a great a client has a great relationship with a virtual assistant and things are going great. If the, if she was to have handed those that writing off to her, um, that could kind of ruin their working relationship because oftentimes the client will get frustrated if it's not done right. The virtual assistant gets frustrated because usually they're willing to make the client happy. They want to do a good job. And so it's not a case of like right or wrong. It's just there's a way you can go about it um, and a conversation to have. And so I actually advise that she either hold off on the writing or have a conversation and ask the VA, like, you know, have you written before? What's your comfort level? And if she wanted to attempt it, maybe she can just give like some ideas for newsletters or outlines. And then the client could then go and fill it in. So that was that was my suggestion so that um, they could keep working together and have it going so well, but still address a possibly a new task. I love that. So what you help this, our client do is break down the task and differentiate what are easier to delegate first before you develop a process and build up on some of the more challenging, higher scale tasks that it's not that you can't delegate those tasks. You just want to have a, a system or a process or a way to build up to them with time and then that communication between the client and the VA to manage the expectations. Uh, is that is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You you hit it right on the head. And so, you know, I was able to find a couple other tasks that she had not delegated yet that I said, hey, it's better to pull these in. Um, and it had to do with some Facebook group management and creating some social media posts. And I said, and then possibly leaving the writing till later, or it may not be something, uh, you know, at all, because just like you said, developing a process, if you ask me to write something for you, I may say, hey, I'd love to Libby and, and I go write it. And then maybe you expected a thousand words and you wanted pictures and you wanted five tips. And maybe I wrote half of that and I, you know, didn't include pictures and I didn't. So having that process is is crucial um, in being able to delegate something and then have it done, you know, the way you want it done. What I love about our program and this particular client is that this process we're explaining is hugely important. And this is something I've personally struggled with, um, delegating inappropriately, giving people too much, um, not per perhaps not giving um, directions that are clear or broken down enough. And so to get the best times that I've been able to grow in my business is when I've learned how to develop a process to delegate more effectively. And so looking back and knowing that we're able to give that to our clients and give them that foundation and Sarah has a much better eye for it than I do, which is why she's, that's her expertise, right? That's her wheelhouse is all things operation, delegation, team management, and really understanding how to set up the VA and client for success. So in uh, Sarah being able to help our client with this question during our weekly operations call, our client is now able to feel confident and have some of the tasks that, again, our client didn't see or understand this until she brought it to the question 
uh, she brought it to the call and she framed out the question. And so I love how Sarah is able to help her identify, here are some lower hanging fruit tasks that you can start with, reevaluate, focus on the communication and expectations and then build on it. And so that process that Sarah's helping our client develop is going to give our client a foundation where she can learn and grow and effectively step back. And that is how to, for those of you who are listening that wonder, how do I work less in my business? Meaning I don't want to do the admin. I don't want to do the things I don't have to do. And this is how you do it. You're going to have to identify what tasks are the lowest hanging fruit that you can delegate and then work up to giving those higher level tasks with some strategy. And there, there's a whole lot that goes into this that we're, we're not going into detail. There, there's more to it than this, such as you know, expectations, communications, preferences, et cetera. But I think that this is a really good start um, to gain some clarity on how to effectively grow your business so you can help more people and increase profitability. Yeah, definitely. And one other thing I would add is that only because I've seen this happen when um, delegating is a lot of times the virtual assistant, they want to make the client happy. So they'll say yes to whatever you ask, um, but that doesn't mean they're going to be good at it. And so that's just what I stressed with some of these specific tasks, because that's what the client said. Well, they said they could do it. And I understand that they probably really did mean that they they wanted to be able to do it, but it may not have been up to the client's expectations. So um, just, you know, keeping that in mind. And again, like you said, that kind of goes in with communication and some other areas uh, that we don't have time to dive into now. Um, But it's important to remember, um, you know, when trying to delegate things to someone. Absolutely. Anything else on that topic uh, that you have seen any particular growth with that client that you want to share from that question or should we move on to the next question? Uh, I think the only thing that was really helpful was when she brought me that question, she didn't just say, hey, here's the three tasks, you know, or five tasks I want to, I want to give my virtual assistant. She had a list of here's what she's doing now. Here's the next ones I think I'll give. And then here's the, the highest level ones and had broken out about how many hours per month. So she had looked at her budget. So she was very organized with her information. And so it was really easy for me to review and give her great feedback and support her in a way that I wouldn't have been able to had she not been organized and clear on on what she was asking. So helpful. And part of the benefit of getting support in in our group is that we show you how to organize that data and where to take it. Because um, asking the right question is more than half the battle. And when you can present yourself and understand what you're asking, um, it's going to help you get a, get better feedback so you know the next step. So I, I love that this client was organized because she was motivated to be organized because of the resources. So for those of you listening, um, Sarah had mentioned budget. So getting if you're making money, um, getting that together, getting a decent sense of that, and then um, putting together what tasks you are doing that you need to do to perform and have the business move forward which is housed under service delivery, right? So running your program and all the elements that that go in that. For those of you who aren't making money yet and listening, it's really exciting to hear that this is what your future holds and you don't have to do everything, um, but you do have to have a process of how you're going to have help in your business um, so that you can make sure that you're setting everyone up for success, including your clients. For the next question, uh, I want to review as it submitted for one of my calls. So I run a business development call, Sarah runs the operations calls, and then we, we do calls together sometimes. So this particular call was a client of ours who said, our goal is to stay under 10 private clients at any time. In August, this client said she'll dip below that, and she has a small private coaching wait list. She's trying to figure out how to reach out to these people and book them. Should she have them pay a non-refundable deposit? 
So again, I just want to comment on how well-crafted and thought out this question is. And uh, for those of you listening that are wondering, oh my goodness, how can I possibly think of something so well thought out? What we do with our clients is uh, for those clients who are already making money, we have them set quarterly goals. And in setting those goals, you set boundaries and upper limits in your business. Uh, depending on your offer, for those of you, this particular client runs, she does private coaching and she loves it, but she wants to limit it. So we talk out, what would that look like to you? How do you want that to be? How do you want to live your life? How do you want to give back to your client? There's no right or wrong answer. Some of our clients prefer no private clients. Some of our clients prefer a limited amount. Uh, you know, So it's going to vary. And then there's seasons, right? Whether it's you know, maybe it's summer and you have your kids at home and or they're in summer camp or something. And there might be areas where you have more or less time to accept more private clients. Or maybe you just always want to do some type of passive income. And that's the beauty of thinking through what you want and getting clarity on how you want to develop a strategy that's going to get you to the end result faster, seeing more people and increasing profitability. Um, and for those of you listening that aren't making money yet, the main goal is just to get clients. So uh, if, if we're getting ahead of where you're at and you're listening, it's something to look forward to. So when you, when you think of setting quarterly goals, the first thing is getting clients. The second thing is then thinking, after you have clients, what do you want to do with those clients and how do you want to best provide an offer that supports what you love and what they love? And so that's something that you can progress towards. Now with this particular question, Sarah and I know that this client wants to limit her private clients and she wants to develop systems and a strategy at the same time. So um, Sarah, do you have uh, any particular thoughts about this question? And then I'll dive in and, and share uh, how I was able to walk this client client through um, some of her uh, next steps? Uh, no, actually, I'll let you share. And then I have something to mention on actually how she followed up with me on another step of this. And we were she was able to use both of her expertise. Awesome, which is true for so many of her clients. And I'm so happy we're able to talk about that because um, business development and strategy and operations go hand in hand. And the way that we deliver that information in this program is that we have you think, uh, think in terms of operation heavy questions and topics um, and how they complement your business strategy, because that's how me and Sarah's brains work. And, and it's definitely how my brain works. Um, so I think that that sounds good. So what I had helped this client with is think through um, some strategy and, and really some numbers. So she's saying, and again, the question was, uh, let me read back the question. Um, I want to stay under 10 at any time. And in August, I'll dip below. And she has a wait list. So she's trying to leverage her wait list. So what I had mentioned to her to do was to think through of her wait list, how many people are on that and what strategy did she want to employ um, hypothetically without getting too granular about how to write the email, right? That would be perhaps under Sarah's wheelhouse about uh, you know the tactics and, and even implementing, um, sending out that email, what that looks like from a strategy standpoint, I wanted to know if you have a large wait list and you have a limited amount of spots, there's two questions. Will your current clients renew and how do you handle that? And then how many slots do you actually have open for people who might want to join later? And what do you do if you have too many people and not enough slots? And so then we talk through, do you want to open up and have people sign up for months ahead out in the future? Or do you want to sell them into another service? So really looking at her offers in total and how she wants to best serve her clients and give them what they need, but also adjust it to what she's able to offer. So really thinking through the strategy and planning ahead is made possible um, when you when you really understand um, how your limits in your business and your boundaries. And she's really 
diligent about not working over a certain amount of hours and she does not want over 10 clients. So since that was our client's focus, the entire conversation was based around how we can stay within her boundaries and parameters and offer her clients something that can help them. But keep in mind, first come, first serve, if you are sending out an email and you have only a few slots, what are you going to do with the rest of the clients? So we, we walked through a strategy with that. And I just want to, I'm mostly impressed with how great this question was crafted um, without going into too, too much detail about how we handled it. I think that this is how you should be thinking in your business is thinking ahead, thinking about limits. If you're doing private coaching, thinking about your customer's lifespan and how you want to give them good value if they do renew and having a plan for that and how you can help benefit them. So what was the follow-up question that she asked you, Sarah? Yeah, what was so great was um, as you helped her to decide the strategy, she decided what emails were needed and she brought um, one of them to me to review for feedback because I helped them to have um, clarity with wording and like what they're asking people to do, how much information to give. So she was able to, um, you know, create the strategy and get the emails ready and then she was good to go. So fantastic. I love yeah. that. So I, I love that we're, we're all able to work together and um, to be continued because we don't know if she yet was able, this just happened this week. So this particular client will follow, she'll follow up with us and, and we'll find out next steps as far as how she's able to fill it and what she's able to do. And again, thinking of strategy when you have an abundance, meaning too many clients, too many opportunities is just as much of a problem as not having enough clients. Because really as a, a dietitian service provider, we want to be able to give an opportunity to our clients, whether they're paying or whether they, they want to pay for our service. But it's really important, even more important that we're delivering a service and giving them, whether it's a product or service, something within our business boundaries. So you don't have to say yes to every client. It's okay if you sell people into a service or a product like a course, if you don't want to offer you know, private coaching and nobody's making you. But I think what's most important from this story and this experience and the share is to think through your own individual journey and process and what you want and what feels good to you. And if you're not sure, you just have to test it. And if you're overwhelmed, you can take it slowly. Nobody's making you take a ton of clients at one time. You can always start with a small roster and build it up and then figure out how to handle a wait list and how to um, maneuver different products, whether you want to um, offer a course or you don't or however you want to progress your offers for your audience. Um, on that note, Sarah, is there anything that you wanted to add about our clients and some of the questions that they're asking, whether they're these two examples or in general? No, I just love how you said, you know, start small and then build up from there. Sometimes we can tend to overcomplicate things and, um, you know, that's what everybody, they everybody has to start somewhere. So start small and then just know that you'll work up to something bigger over time. Absolutely. And I, I want to emphasize that uh, I almost double down on that because uh, for those of you listening who maybe you have a few clients or maybe you haven't, you don't have any clients yet, um, keep in mind that uh, we all have to follow the same principles and foundations to get to where we are. And, and you have the power to make the decisions how you want to run your business. You don't have to be full time. You do not have to do a service like private coaching if you don't want to. Um, you can run your business however you want, but the process and the journey to get there is the same. That's showing your face, that's defining your business and solving real problems, and then that's being a resource for your audience and unauthentically connecting with them. And as we suggest in this program, uh, we suggest that you run a, a small group program and that helps you 
both community, offer a reasonable price point, and then progress your offer. So if you haven't yet ran a group program, I suggest you start with that. Many of our interviews and our clients can share their experiences from how that's benefit them and how it's saved them time because your time per hour is a lot higher value. It's, it's a lot of, you're going to make a lot more per hour if you're running a group versus if you're stacking those one-on-ones when you're getting started, because keep in mind a cash pay business does require marketing and marketing does take energy and there's a way to do it strategically. But if you're focusing on marketing and back-to-back clients, um, it can be exhausting if you've got a full roster. So that's why we suggest you scale back at the beginning until you decide how you want to um, create your own um, product offerings. Um, starting small with a group is going to help you determine and learn um, what you like so that you can be in a position to have a VA and delegate and that you can be in a position to have a wait list and, and decide how you want to run your own life. And it's that's the beauty of being your own boss is that these decisions are your own. You work in a clinical office or you take insurance, you're at the mercy of somebody else and what they want to pay you out and, and the quality of motivation of your clients. And when you work for yourself, that's not the case. You, you can attract who you want as long as you learn to follow some basic principles. So on that note, um, thank you so much for listening today. Any final words, Sarah, or are you just going to double down on get started small? Because I thought that was... I uh, yeah, just get started small. <laughs> I love that. I feel like that, that can be the, the heading and the title of today's episode. Um, for those of you who are just starting out, uh, make sure to stay tuned for future episodes to provide inspiration and motivation. And for those of you who are already on your way and you're getting clients, stay tuned and we'll share more stories um, about progress of our clients' journeys to inspire you to keep on keeping on. If you're looking to start and grow your business, we have two opportunities. Our society program to help you land your first clients and really get a system up and running, develop your message, create content, get your offer up and going and enroll in your offer. And then for our high-level executive program, for those of you who already are working with clients and do not have an issue with attracting clients, uh, me and my team will be able to help you get systems in place so that you can work less hours and make more money and truly scale your business. So whether you're looking to get started or you're looking to rev up your business, Dietitian Boss has opportunities for you. Please apply to our services found on my website at LibbyRothschild.com, or you can find in the show notes a link to apply.